0: of course is a big help
1: yeah yeah um just just another variable to throw in one that we wish we didn't have to
0: good old people you know leave it to us the humans um going back to precipitation you know you're the coco ross network um which is a volunteer network of observers all across the country um you know you have it in new jersey you're in charge of it you know how did the uh you know, in terms of the, the storms we had this month, how did that factor in? Did you find it to be a nice benefit for you during the uh, month? Was there anything you were maybe able to pick out of it that you weren't that you wouldn't otherwise if the network wasn't there?
1: You know, I, I looked at the numbers as I, I was pulling together the April report this past weekend and our, our bigger events where we had rainfall stem to stern in the state, we were getting about two hundred and fifty volunteer reports, which is just fabulous, yeah. by the way. And during the winter, we were getting 230, 225 reports with similar situations. Now, there's multiple reasons for that. One, there's a little bit of recruiting that you've helped out with, and we picked up some new observers. Two, perhaps more people are at home and going out to their gauge. And three, traditionally, once we get into the spring, observers who put their gauge away for the winter, they don't want it to freeze and crack or they're 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 nervous about going out and potentially icy weather sure they come back yeah so we didn't see a dramatic surge but maybe we picked up a little bit more in the way of observing um efforts uh, yeah these last couple of uh weeks
0: awesome news you know it's it's a great program i mean i try to talk about as much as i can i try to you know, I actually have somebody in um, Millville who is waiting for her, I believe, son-in-law to set it up for her, uh, and she's going to get going. So, yeah, it's a great program. Cocoross.org is the website. Um, you can contact me if you have any questions. I can uh, Maybe I might point you over to him, but I, but I can definitely help you out, uh, at least point you on the website and how to help you get set up. You know, unfortunately for me, my Cocoross gauge is at the office. So you've been having a lack of Pleasantville observation, so I apologize for that. But once we are all back, I will continue to uh, report as usual. Um, uh, let's go from... I, I, you
1: know, Let me add, yes. as we get to the summer season, it's all the better that we have more observers. Because as anyone watching this is probably into the weather, right. they know the rain becomes patchier with thunderstorms during the summer. Um, So we don't have those blanketing kind of storms where fewer observers and our automated network can carry it. Uh, Oftentimes it's really important to have local observations when it comes to assessing flash flooding. And should we dry out? Um, The reports of no precipitation are very important to farmers uh, when it comes to filing for crop insurance losses and things like that. So there's real practical reasons why we need more observations in the summer yeah. in many respects than we do uh, during the cooler half of the year.
0: Yeah. And again, it's cocoross.org if you want to sign up. And, you know, any time of year you want to sign up is great. And like, you know, Dr. Robinson said, during the summer is really good, you know, for thunderstorms. Um, well, kind of, we'll wrap up here a little bit. We'll, we'll keep it in the precipitation bubble, but we'll talk about snow or the winter that wasn't or snow, and mm-hmm. O, N-O, capitalized. Um, you had your seasonal report uh, that came out on your website, and I believe—let me just go back to what I have here—you called it a dud. Quote, a dud. A dud. Yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, we already did talk a lot about this last month, where we said it was, um, you know, record low snowfall in March with zero, uh, record low snowfall for the season. Did you? I'm guessing this is probably your final comprehensive report. Anything new you want to share on that front?
1: Yeah, we pretty much wrapped it up. <laughs> I mean, we had a few traces of snow in South and Central Jersey in April, and a few instances of just a little measurable snow at higher elevations in North Jersey that added a 10th a to there.
0: Hey everyone, it's meteorologist Joe Martucci, Another work-from-home, something in the air podcast, and joined from his home is Dr. David Robinson, the New Jersey State Climatologist. How you doing today, Dr. Robinson?
1: Doing fine.
0: Hey, you Gr- know we uh, grateful we, to be so. What's that?
1: Grateful to be so.
0: Yes, I know. Yes, I know. We're all we're all trying to stay safe, and you know we're recording this on May fourth. We had some of the state parks opened on Saturday. I actually went over to uh, Foresight, the National Refuge, and it was beautiful because uh, it was like mostly sunny and there were, there were people, but you know everyone was either in their car or staying socially distant. But I don't know if you've ever been out there, but I saw the Foresight um, sensor that is on uh, the New Jersey State Climatologist website, but it was a really nice time. So I know you were busy this weekend, but did you get out at all?
1: I got to walk in each day, but oh, it's good. the last week of the semester. So that means, you know, constant work.
0: Yes, I got you. And how, how is it with the finals and getting ready for that from a working from home and learning from home perspective?
1: It's been exceedingly challenging. <laughs> okay. Yes. When you, I, 300, when you have 300 students and you're managing them, um, the workload has expanded, not shrunk.
0: Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I would agree with you in the sense that a lot of people say, oh, we're not working as much, like my dad, for example. Yeah, but I think you know, you're still grinding away. I'm still doing my thing. I mean, you know, great minds think alike, maybe. Work alike.
1: I suppose. I've never put in more hours, and I'm a workaholic to begin with.
0: <sighs> well, I hope, uh, you know, we can get you a little bit of rest after semester ends. And we're gonna, that, we have all easy questions for you today, I think. We'll we'll, we'll see. But uh, we're going to talk about April, which was kind of a tale of two seasons. Uh, You know, we started out um, relatively seasonal. Yeah. It
1: didn't affect the state numbers. So, you know, we're going to go in the record books. Thirdly snowy winter, uh, going back to 1895 across the state Mm. and the least snowy winter from Burlington Ocean south right and, and you can visit our website you not only can read a narrative about that um but you can see a map uh that uh, re- read it and weep if you're <laughs> if you're a snow lover there's
0: not a lot of bright colors on that map in south jersey unless you want to count white what is it white is your lowest one i'm trying to remember off the top of my head yeah
1: zip zero yeah kind of ironic that white is our lowest yeah. snow.
0: you should have done like brown or something
1: yeah, but, you know, it. I just did a webinar last uh, Thursday for the Northeast Regional Climate Center, and there we looked, I did a snow season summary for the Northeast. And, you know, you go up to Caribou, Maine, they had on the order of 100, nah, don't quote me, 137, 140 inches of snow this winter. It was their ninth snowiest winter since 1939, and the second longest duration of snow cover. They had 159 straight days with snow cover, and they only—the only year that had more, interestingly enough, was last winter. <laughs> so you know, you want snow this winter, head north.
0: I think you need like a winter home up in uh, Caribou. You
1: can enjoy. They, it. They're on the Tug Hill Plateau that's, in uh, that's off, of great, off of Lake Ontario.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up here uh, for sure. Besides your wonderful birthday on May 13th, what else do you have going on? I know you have finals coming up, um, but anything personal, professional? Otherwise, what's going on during the month? Uh,
1: well, yeah, I'm supposed to be in Colorado for a meeting that focuses on coca This later mm-hmm. this month, but we're going to do it online.
0: We'll yeah.
1: um, have the state climate meeting. Uh, was going to be in New Hampshire. That was postponed. But instead of having it in late June, we're going to have it for a couple of hours every Friday afternoon in June. So it's a happy hour I was supposed to go to a snow meeting in Toronto and that's just been postponed for a year. So I guess I'm going to be home catching up after an incredibly busy semester.
0: All right. All right. Well, we will uh wish you, you know, every, and the family the best and you're staying safe and get you know a little bit more exercise and you say you're going for your walks. Um you know, so keep going with the walk in, you know, as always, I appreciate talking with you here about the month that was. I mean, when we come back to you, in, when we come back in June, I don't know where we'll be. We, I might be back here. I might be at the office. You're probably going to be home, uh, I believe. Um, you know, it's just a wild time. But we have Memorial Day weekend coming up. Um, again, don't know what that's going to bring. Uh, but summer is coming. Summer is coming. And hopefully by the time we chat, Uh, next month you know we can say we're done with the 50s you know we're done with the low 60s we can get over more 70s and 80s i think we can do that well
1: you know the national weather service still thinks the summer as a whole is going to be warmer than average and that's been the case in recent years so yeah um yeah you're going to be putting putting away the woolies and getting out the summer clothes pretty soon
0: I'm looking forward to them. I'm wearing long sleeves today because I figured, you know, I might as well break it in. I may as well use them before it starts to uh, get too warm. So I'm trying to wear them now. But, hey, no, I appreciate it. Uh, You know, and thanks for sharing your wealth of New Jersey expertise with us this month. Um, You know, be well, stay safe, and uh, happy birthday again. And we will chat next month.
1: Happy birthday, everyone. Be well.
0: All right. Sounds good. This is the Something in the Air podcast brought to you by the Press of Atlantic City. We do this the first and third Wednesdays every month. Be sure to look out for us on our website, on the Apple Store, or on YouTube. Take care Uh, but then ended up below average so just tell us real quick where did we went wind up temperature wise for the month
1: we ended up below average mm-hmm. this was the first below average month since last November and only the fourth below average month of the last 24 um, so unusual but it wasn't exceedingly cold in part because of the milder start as you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, we ended up for South Jersey um, degrees was the mean, and that's 1.9 degrees below average, so absolutely below average, but it only came in as the 55th coolest April of the last 126, Mm -hmm. so there have been a lot cooler Aprils, not as many in the last couple of decades, Um, but I think the, the real surprise was we just had our sixth warmest March, and then we transitioned into this uh, cool april
0: yeah i've uh, i've kind of joked a little bit online that we've kind of like i feel like we lived like five months of march in a row given that we were below average in april march was above but even though you know when we talked about it plenty december january february all above average it's like we're just kind of living in this march purgatory
1: yeah i mean i don't want to have anyone complain as i hear in recent years We never have a spring anymore. We go right from (laughs) winter to summer. No, this has been the endless spring.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I was going to, I actually had that question specifically. I took it off, but I'm going to ask a similar question. We kind of touched on it, but plenty of people have told me, you know, April was, uh, was a, a, a chilly month, uh, you know, you know, and maybe it felt like a spring, but you know, it was really a tale of two halves in a month, right? So the first half was generally above average and the second half was below average. And I did some research. I'm looking at my other screen here that AC Marina went 15 days in a row with below average temperatures in April, the last April due to since 2007. And if you just took that second half of April at AC International, if you just took that second half, it would actually be the fourth coolest second half of April. So, you know, what kind of drove the pattern in the first half of the month and then why did we flip and switch?
1: Yeah, well, ag- again, put, put this way, if we were talking on the 4th of February, we would have had a lot of people talking about the polar vortex yes. and a frigid, snowy January, because the pattern that we are in all winter long, where the polar vortex stayed far to our north, went zipping in what we call a zonal west to east fashion, no dips or troughs, as we refer to them in the jet stream, to allow cold air to infiltrate the lower 48. That wasn't the case until we got to about the second to third week of April. And then the polar vortex, instead of being tightly packed up at the pole, kind of broke into two pieces. And one of them came down into the eastern half of North America. And with that, introduced, it opened the door, if you will to cooler air, the air that was trapped up in the polar regions yeah. all winter long. Right. And w- so, and, and not only did it, you know, it, during the winter, it it came in uh, every once in a while, but as soon as it came in, it would be beginning to retreat. This time it's locked in and it's not done being locked in, by the way. Um, <laughs> we're gonna not. see it for the next couple of weeks. So this is a pattern that snow lovers hoped for in the middle of winter and now it's coming in the spring where you know everyone's just waiting to put on warmer clothes to keep their windows open for more in the day or two and all i can say is i have to be patient
0: so let me ask you as the uh, snow guru and snow lover would you have enjoyed a little bit of snow at the end of april given the record warmth or would you just would you just be done with it if it didn't even, if it didn't snow much in April anyway. but how would you feel about that? You know
1: I, I look at it in two ways. Okay. One, I don't want a late season freeze because honestly I don't want to see the farmers right uh, suffer and, and there was a mid-April freeze that did some mm-hmm. damage. Yeah. But generally when we get snow late in the season, it's not brutally cold. it's flirting with the freezing mark. So, yeah. I mean, I'll take okay. May snow. And, <laughs> and, and I think we are going to be talking May snow later this week, somewhere in the Northeast. Yeah. Um, you may want to add to that. And that's your forecasting <laughs> dilemma <laughs> as we get to the end of this week. Yeah. Even, in, even in New Jersey, mm-hmm. perhaps.
0: Well, yeah, yes. The end of this week, and depending on when you're listening to this, it may have already happened, but at just around Mother's Day weekend, there is a storm system and a good amount of cold air available and enough cold air. where s- northern New England, you know, snow, accumulating snow, but even, you know, Sussex County, um, some of our higher elevations in Passaic County, you know, a couple of flakes mixing it with some rain. I mean, how, this is maybe going off topic. I know it's not sound Jersey, but how rare is May snow? in new jersey
1: oh it, it's rare but it's not unprecedented okay. and even a little accumulating snow back in um, about may 9th or 10th 1977 gotcha it was the last big april storm in the northeast right. and it just flirted with new jersey right um so it's it's pretty unusual and you
0: said april did, did you mean may or you oh, meant april? i meant may. okay yeah i got you just I I you meant shot. May. right i meant may now in south jersey snow in may We're talking virtually unprecedented, correct?
1: It would be, yeah. I mean, it would be very uncommon. It would be something where it would be very cold aloft. You get a quick burst of precipitation. Yeah. And it doesn't allow the snowflakes to melt before they make it to the surface. Right. And we saw that in April with something we call grapple, Mm -hmm. which is essentially a snowflake that has a little what we call rhyming on it on its way down to the ground. It comes in a quick burst. And it can even fall with temperatures in the low 40s.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we did see some of that. Um, I remember specifically in Ocean County, we saw that, you know, during the middle of the month. And one guy on Twitter, his name's Mark France, he was joking. He's like, I saw more I saw more frozen stuff coming out of the sky in April than I did all season. And, and he's not necessarily wrong. And I do want to touch on your snow season report in a little bit. But let's just talk about the frost and freezes. Um, you know, for as mild as this winter was, we did have, I'm not going to call it late season, but average late frost and freezes across the area. Would I be correct in saying that?
1: Uh, well, I won't even say it's done yet. A- okay, and yeah. anyone who's in the Lands, inland South Jersey knows that even in May, you can get a frost, which can occur with the air temperature in our shelters, a meter and a half, five, right. six feet off the ground being above freezing. Mm-hmm. But down right at the surface, you're going to have frost and you can even have a freeze um, I think the average last freeze in Indian mills right there in the Southern, in the yep. Island is May 3rd. Okay. Uh, yep. so, but what was unusual about the freeze in the middle of, uh, of April, wasn't that it got below freezing most everywhere in the state. It got well below freezing Yeah. and for a, quite a number of hours. And that's where we damaged perhaps upwards of a quarter of the blueberry, um, blueberry crop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, (laughs) going on our theme, winter was just kind of hanging on, even though there really wasn't much of a winter here. Um, You know, let's switch. uh, Let's talk about the winds uh, next, because that was the main thing, uh, I think, in April. If we weren't talking about how chilly it was in the second half, we were talking about the winds. And, you know, I'm just going to read off some gusts that were at AC International Airport. On the 9th, we had a 59-mile-an-hour gust. On the 10th, it was 62 miles an hour. 73 on the 13th, and I'll talk about that in a second, 59 on the 21st, 55 on the 30th, and that 73 on the 13th might be the highest non-thunderstorm wind gust in AC International Airport's history. Does that mean a lot? Not really, but it's just something cool I think I found. So what were some of the top gusts at your stations here in South Jersey? Was South Jersey really the epicenter for winds during the month? Just Talk about winds for
1: a little bit yeah it it was very windy yeah. month. yeah very simply um there were our Seagirt station up in monmouth county had a 76 mile an hour gust i think that was on the 21st um and, and uh some of our other stations we had a station in west cape may and that station the anemometer mm-hmm. sits about three meters nine nine and a half feet off the ground as opposed to many of our sensors are about 30 feet off the ground. Right. So we have a variety out there. And it hits 69 miles an hour at three meters. That's pretty impressive because because of the friction of the wind going across the ground over trees and buildings and all the winds blow at a lower pace, the closer you get to the ground. As you get above the ground, the winds tend to blow faster. Yeah. So that was a, that was darn impressive.
0: Yeah, and we had um, uh, Congress Hall in Cape May. Part of the roof collapsed. We had another Victorian uh, in Cape May. The roof came off, and I think the the viral video that came out was in Summer's Point where the yeah. uh, at the Marine, the roof just, you just saw it, just kind of like blew off yeah. like a tarp, you know, on the roof. And that was... I, I don't know if we know for sure, but the kind of the, circ- the uh, things going around in our weather circles, that was from a gravity wave. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to bore everybody with the details, but it's the way that air sometimes moves. It kind of pushes back down on the surface and you get that. And it wasn't from a thunderstorm because actually if you track the radar, it wasn't it just, the, the heavy rain didn't, excuse me, the heavy wind didn't come with the, the rain. It was actually a little off balance. God, I'm sorry.
1: Before
0: Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't, oh my God, here comes like a line of thunderstorms and woof, there it was, it was a little different with that. And it pretty much just like ran right up the parkway because you saw everywhere from, I mean, we said Cape May, Summers Point, you know, even into Galloway, um, I think Little Lake Harbor that day, that was an 81 mile an hour wind gust or Mystic Island, all well, same Mystic Island's Little Lake Harbor. So incredible. I know we were talking about those winds, you know, in, in the sensors, but incredible yeah, yeah no
1: and there were some reports outside of our network of a few gusts um barnegat light island beach state park yeah. mystics I- islands of 81 82 mile an hour gusts and i know you uh, you and i and talked with the weather service and matt Gerbish here in my office we all tried to determine just whether these were really realistic obs yeah. we, we you know we want to know about the instrumentation we want to right. know the ownership of the site right. before we would accept it and my conclusion is first of all you had three observations from three different sensors
0: yeah
1: down the road in harvey cedars i think we were 67 miles an hour mm-hmm. with a gust that late morning
0: yeah
1: um so i, I think the 80 mile an hour gusts were realistic it,
0: yeah, incredible month uh, for winds. And something else, that I just want to touch on this a little bit. It, we had a lot of these events, and they were southerly wind events, strong southerly wind events, which a couple of people at the weather service and I, you know, just kind of casually talking, whatever, we just found that to be kind of rare. Um, I mean, usually your strong winds are coming from nor'easters, you know, right, a lot of times, or tropical systems or thunderstorms. But not so often from something we call a synoptic or a large-scale southerly wind event I don't know how much you, know, you could specifically say, but would you say having these events, you know, three events by my count is pretty unusual to have in such a short period of time?
1: Yeah, no, there's no question. It was, it was unusual. And, and the fact is, it, it had to do with the storm track. I mean, we had these storms as we did during the winter. They just weren't as strong um, going up to the west of us. And that brings the, the southerly winds ahead of those storms. Um, Yeah, it it was pretty unusual um, to have. But, you know, it's all part of the seasonal transition, too. It's still winter up to the north. It's summer to the south. So there's a lot of energy. And with that dipping jet stream that finally came around, um, this winter, with it going west to east, the storms kind of just shot out. uh, And we didn't have as much of that energy involved. But we had the energy here. We had the right storm track. You know, if the storms had gone offshore, off the coast as nor'easters, the winds would have come in from the northeast, right. the, yeah. the nor'easter, the yeah. traditional route. But being that the storms are tracking a little to our west, that's what made, on multi, as you said, multiple occasions as recently as the storm on the 30th, um, southerly winds yeah. predominate.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess, like you said, we're in the same pattern through about Mother's Day and Big Day coming up next week, right? For both oh, of us, yeah, yeah, that is correct. Our birthdays, May thirteenth, on a uh, Wednesday. Exciting! And I get
1: to uh, sit on a dissertation
0: okay. defense at
1: Virginia Tech, uh,
0: <laughs> where,
1: where the lead advisor on that dissertation also has a birthday on Next. May
0: thirteenth. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. Look at us! It's, it's a Can very I join?
1: It's a very prevalent date in meteorology and climatology circles because a very close friend. And climatologists at the University of Georgia also uh, has a birthday next Thursday.
0: Well, Wednesday. I would just want to say I'm so glad to be in the company of such highly esteemed people on May 13th. Yeah, especially
1: so. highly esteemed and much older people.
0: Just very slightly. Look, I got the gray hair coming in on the side. You can see it over there. Uh, all right, let's talk about the, uh, the precipitation. I think most people would say, oh, my God, like we couldn't catch a break with the rain. So, you know, where did we stack up in South Jersey uh, throughout the month of April?
1: I think most would be surprised to learn that about average. Mm -hmm. Um, 4.07 inches is the average for the southern half of the state. And that's uh, 0.21 inches above average, Mm -hmm. which is pretty darn close. Now, precipitation, if you get into means and medians, and I think we may have talked about this a long time ago, um, it's what we call skewed to the low side. So it's actually the 40th wettest of the last 126 even though it only averaged just a little bit above, above normal because the median is down in the three-plus-inch range. Right. So a little bit damp, but not as much as one might think. It was more just the persistence of the damp, cloudy conditions. Yeah. And it also speaks to the fact that those storms went up to our west, not to the east, where they'd have a better ability to pull water in off the ocean and, and really soak us. So no heat you know, a couple of real soakers, uh, but not the wetness that I think many people think the month provided.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And kind of going in the same line of temperatures. Yes, there were wet periods, but in just like there were cold periods, but overall it was not as much as you would have thought, but I guess that was probably pretty good for the wildfire aspect of things. I mean, we did have the one fire at the beginning of the month in Cumberland County, which I believe was about a thousand acres. But other than that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't hear of anything too much widespread after that.
1: No, and I've been in touch with the forest services as recently as this weekend with a colleague there with who we work with, with our weather network. And, and he was very pleased, first of all, um, with the lack of snow and the milder conditions in February and March, up until everything shut down, it had been a very successful season for controlled burns. Mm-hmm. Uh, which helps when you get drier conditions later on. Yeah. And then, of course, once this month, particularly in April, once we got to the middle of the month, it was pretty damp and cloudy. Yeah. Um, so despite the winds, fortunately, we didn't have those dramatic low relative humidities yeah. and high temperatures that would have really created problems despite all the controlled burning earlier in the season. So, yeah, um, very fortunate yeah. that... And- uh, conditions worked out this month that we only had that one significant fire.
0: Sure, and I'd be remiss to say maybe some of the social distancing is helping too. People aren't necessarily outside. You know, 99% of wildfires are caused by humans. At least here in New Jersey, that's what uh, Chief McLaughlin said. So maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, but the.